Welcome, friends, to the Freedom Cast. You are not the crazy one. Not quite a podcast, but rather a kick of confidence to pursue real freedom in your life and not the false manufactured freedom of this world. My name is Jody Meschuk, and I am super excited that you are here and a part of a community of sovereign human beings. Listen, if you've been called crazy, you are not alone because I've been called crazy for 13 years talking about truth. We are going to dive deep into some controversial things. Not sure why they're called controversial when they're truth, but we're going to dig deep into them. Some hard things we're going to talk about. Some things that might step on some toes. And you can take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. Kind of like a buffet. My goal is just for you to feel less crazy because you're not. Truth is not subjective, but people are. Even though you know, hmm, others still don't. Where the everyday mama meets uncompromised truth and where your small apprehensive no becomes a strong and resounding hell no. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Freedom Cast, guys. Okay, super fun episode on tap for you with A.A. Ron here by my side, but mm-hmm. we have to start with this song first. 1984. Very brief. Here Thank we go. All right. That actually is one of my favorite songs from 1984. Yes. I think I actually started listening to it in high school though, but yes. (laughs) I, I I remember this dates me for all you people out there. I remember watching this racing home and watching it on channel nine on VH1. Oh, VH1 was so much better than MTV. No, no. This is VH1 in the afternoon. It was Mm. like a certain, and then I remember I had this huge twisted sister <laughs> pin <laughs> and I hid it from my parents because, you know, this is the devil's music. The devil's music. Yeah, if you play it backwards, it goes, zip, zip, zip. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat my cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Good times. Uh, we're, we're sorely missing some of that good music nowadays. Well, but... that, that's when actually when, you know, kids went outside and yeah, and you, you didn't come back till it was dark. dark. And um, and you didn't have to worry about pedophiles and well, snatching your kids. I mean, yes, that yeah, existed that too, existed. but but like it was it was well, safer. <laughs> well, where I used to live, we used to put put cards in the uh, in the back of our bikes in the in the spokes and make it sound like a motorcycle, mm-hmm. and we'd ride our bikes down to a place called Devil's Pit. And what Devil's Pit was, was were really all the Hessian 1980, mid-80s, you know, Motley Crue people with the feather long hair. <laughs> they would hang out and smoke pot, but we'd go down there and you'd actually climb down into this huge, like, eight-foot cylinder sewer. Wow. And it was called Devil's Pit. So we'd go down, like, maybe about 20 feet, and it was pitch black. We got scared and ran up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> Uh, that was the time period of no social media and iPhones and boy, that's a topic. Um, but we are going to actually start with the freedom convoy heading across Canada right now. Two days. Two days are going to be in Ottawa. Three days. No, I think it's on Saturday. The 29th. Today's the 26th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> watch out, Trudeau. Watch out. So like, oh man, there's just like, I even think about this convoy right now and I get chills. Like well, that's how I, that's how I feel about it. Like I have watched from the outside it's a grassroots. Um, with Canada, just my heart aching, literally aching for what is going on in Canada and not just Canada, by the way, Australia, uh, many other countries. I mean, there, there's, there's probably, I would say the two most prominent right now that we're looking at is Canada and Australia, and then um, Austria, Austria. Yes. But just watching it and, and seeing and, 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 not, and speaking to people, cause I have a lot of uh, friends in Canada. I have a lot of my team members in Canada. I have, Hey, the guy who helps me produce this podcast is in Canada. Let me tell you, I love talking to him and listening to his accent every day, okay. but, <laughs> but you guys, this is huge. And, and we look at this convoy and um, I almost sit back and I go, gosh, why did it take so long? But then at the same time, you think about what it takes to build courage in people, right? And what it takes for, for people to feel like they're not alone, for somebody to finally start something and in a grassroots way, just like you mentioned, honey, which is like, this is blue collar. Yeah. This is this is the heart of humanity. Finally saying, guess what, Trudeau? We actually hold the power. What are you going to do when we refuse to deliver the goods? Right. What are you going to do? And I'm going to tell you right now, they're actually calling for Trudeau to step down. Like they have they have said, "We will stay here. We will not we will plug up this supply chain. Mm -hmm. We will squeeze you to death until you step down and a new government is put in place. And let me tell you right now, that is called the power of the people. And you look at a country like Canada, differences than here, right? They don't have guns like we have oh, here. No, they have well, they have them, but it's not quite the same, I would say, open right. gun laws that we have here. You know, you look at some of those little, little things or actually big things they would be right. Even differences in the constitutions or, you know, charters yeah. that they have, but, but remove all of that guys, remove all of that. Do you know that as a human being, you actually hold all the power? Yeah. And, and I mean, if you think about it, we haven't seen probably in our lifetime for those that are our age, and I won't date myself. Actually, I will. Is that the last time we saw a movement like this was started by the solidarity movement in Poland, and when they, when the workers rose up against the the government of Poland, which was really a a, a puppet state, which began the fall of communism. Okay, where the people finally said enough is enough. And with Canada, I think that's what it is. It's it's you know. We've sacrificed some, the government took more, they sacrificed, the government took more, and finally it was to a breaking point where enough was enough. And now you have this massive convoy. There's an, you know, one podcaster said there's 600 American truckers going north of the border. I think it's going to be more in a couple of days. Um, they've already raised over $5 million and now their new target is $6 million, which I don't know if that's Canadian or US dollars, but that goes to fuel, food, and lodging for those who are mm -hmm. making this convoy across the country or, or across Canada. Um, it's going to be very interesting because what is the government's response, especially 
the Liberal Party's response. Because the one thing, unlike when you had the Tiananmen Square episode, that was cable news. Nobody had cell phones and like that today. What is this government going to do when the truckers actually form a blockade? Mm-hmm. Will they send in the military? At what point, if that's Which will the case, be interesting because then what does the military, military actually do? I, well, see, the attack mil- on their own people. Well, technically, technically, they would have to because in the government's eyes, and this is what's being portrayed by the news media, is that it is a threat to democracy a threat to democracy, these truckers. And by them saying it's a threat to democracy, it's trying to change public opinion. Now, it's ironic, the public opinion against the truckers are always going to be in your large, um, you know, progressive cities, Quebec, Montreal, Vancouver. You know, they look at those people as nonconformists. Whereas if you take the sort of like the, the mid portion of Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, the group of people primarily represents, um, you know, those seeking freedom. And when they get there, it will be a stalemate. And um, unfortunately, what should be done, I think temporarily won't be done with regards to support. I think other countries that have Allah, uh, you know, diplomatic relations with Canada are going to look at this incident and say, shame on the truckers. Well, but that's all the narrative that they want to portray, right? right? So again, you look at that narrative of, uh, you know, that you're essentially you're against democracy, right? Pigeonholing, demonizing people who are who are standing up for their own personal sovereignty and the sovereignty of a country, right? Mm -hmm. The people as as a whole. And you demonize that because that's the only thing you have. That's the only thing that they can do to try to keep public opinion Mm -hmm. in their favor. Right. And if you think about historically here in the United States, I mean, if you go back to why we even had a revolution. Um, really, it started with, you know, the taxations. And at that time, the taxations was a way to control people. Fast forward now, these mandates are a way of, you can look at as a taxation without representation. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. And, and so that's what's going to be transpiring. So, you know, come Saturday, I think... And, and really, I think what's going to happen is based on what happens there, might have come here in the United States as well. Because what's happening right now is you have to understand these truckers, they're not only taking food to the grocery stores, from the farm to the grocery stores, but there's also coal. Fuel, fuel for airplanes. Airplanes, trains, planes, all that. Here's the thing. If that gets completely shut down, and, and mind you, Canada controls all that already. Canada doesn't have the resources then to, you know, move those quantities of goods and services. In, a, in any other way than truckers. Other, yeah. Than Which is way. why this is such a profound movement because you, you are now looking at this, uh, like, like really the heart. You think that the heart of the supply chain, mm-hmm. the heart of a country 
is actually who is moving the goods. Right. And that's why this is so powerful that they have now banded together. And and you guys, we got to be real clear about something too. Uh, lots of those truckers are vaccinated. This actually has nothing to do right. necessarily with pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. This has everything to do with standing up for the collective freedom of every single human being. And again, we've got to, you know, be very uh, aware of how they shift that narrative to villainize it as it, as if it's like a anti-vaccine movement, looking deeper, understanding what the media, what their MO is and what their MO has always been, which is to twist it so that you over time, get slowly conditioned to believe the lies that they're pumping out, right? So what's cool about this is that this is not about vaccines. This is about mandates. This is about forcing people to, to do things that they should never be forced to do. I mean, you look at just standard, you look at anything really when you're looking at standard medical treatment, and this is what's always blown me away by how, how, how hypocritical things have become in culture, is you go for any medical procedure or anything, take out vaccines for a minute. And remember, vaccines are a medical procedure, right? They like to, to pitch it to society as if it's a vitamin. It's a medical procedure that you're injecting into your body, but you take anything else and you have to have informed consent. You have to sign papers. You have to give your permission. And I don't have to have a surgery on my body to save you. But mm. all of a sudden I have to vaccinate myself and inject myself with an experiment to, to supposedly save someone else who is living a poor lifestyle, let's say. Right. So the whole thing, again, we have to remember too, that this movement is about protecting, well, right off the bat, protecting even Canadian charter laws. Right. Well, it, it's the fundamental right, rights of man. And I think what's happening right now is, and again, you see here in the United States, not to the extent as in Canada, is that the government have used this pandemic, as I call it, a scandemic, to impose their will on and fear upon the American public. And realizing that there were some states in the beginning that were basically saying, no, we're not going to cave into this pressure. And then, of course, after the election, you have all these mandates. Um, you know, even the, the current president said, oh, I would never mandate when he was running for office. So it shows you the contradiction right there in his character. But what happens is, is those states that withstood that have held their ground and have basically allowed their citizens to live in freedom. Even though the governors might endorse the, the jab, at the same time, though, these governors are also saying, you know what? It's not my decision to tell you what to do with your life. You have to make the conscious decision. So if you take somebody like um, Nome from Nebraska, I think she's a great South one. South Dakota. Oh, no, I'm sorry. South Dakota. I think she's awesome. But she also has a jab. Same well, thing. supposedly. With... You do wonder how much of those <laughs> well, are actually then true. You, but then you have <laughs> DeSantis, 
Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Well, and, and so go back to Canada for a second, which is, you know, some people may not realize what's actually been happening up there, which is you can't even get on a plane or a train unless you have taken this clot shot. You can't visit. You can't go see your family. You can't, you can't do any of these things unless you have submitted yourself to a clot shot. So what has happened is, is that that tipping point has come, Oh, the tipping, right? Yeah. So now that tipping point is here. And this is actually such a classic example of when I talk about um, peaceful noncompliance or do not comply. Mm -hmm. This is your example, my friends, is what these truckers are doing. This doesn't incur violence. You know, we talk about things like in this country, people have, people have said that before. And I kind of mentioned in the very beginning of, oh, well, we have guns here. And that's why our government is often kind of in check because they know how many gun, guns exist in this country. But this isn't about violence. No, it's, it, this, it's, this is about peaceful non-compliance and understanding that you actually are the one that gets to dictate what the government does or does not do. That power is actually yours. So they're standing up and finally standing in that power, right. but also the tidal wave of what could happen with this movement mm -hmm. of giving people courage to finally stand up right. and to finally say, I'm not going to comply anymore. And, and that's the thing. If you think about it, you know, how, you know, how did we get to where we're at now is very simple. And that is, in my opinion, when the government came down with the first, let's say, mandate, they wanted to figure out how many would comply, how many wouldn't. It was a test. It was a test. And, and we so, failed miserably as a society. So after, the, after the first <laughs> test. After we started, after people started putting on three masks. Well, that too. And, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I think what happens is, is then it sort of opens up Pandora's box, like I always like to say. And that is, okay, well, we got them to do this. What happens if we push it a little bit harder? There's not resistance. A little bit harder, not resistance. Now, here in the United States, fortunately, and credit to probably the, pre the former president of the United States by implementing certain people at positions of political Well, and then in the, power. Ninth, in the Ninth Circuit, just in the circuit courts right. alone. So with that being said, now all these mandates are now coming back and biting the current administration in the butt. Yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. Okay. So now Biden is, and, and, and by the way, Anybody with with two two pieces of anything in their brain could have seen this coming <laughs> that that this all was going to fall in terms of this regime's you know dictatorship Lord. and everything because again you just well and this is what's so interesting about this is I have conversations daily with people who are in a place of just oh my gosh, it's never going to get better. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, Jesus is going to come. Oh my gosh. I'll, like so, so down that path of there's no hope, hope right? right? And I, I, I just look at, at what's been happening and I go, I have so much hope. I have so much hope in the human spirit. Mm -hmm. I have so much hope that truth always does end up coming out. Well, and well, the, the, the shift happens at some well, point. Well, the, the shift is already happening. Um, the thing about it is the opposing party needs to needs to really 
bring that group in the, into the fold, so to speak. Um, it's very similar to what happened in the Tea Party movement. Um, I think it was in, I, don't know, I forget the year it happened, but see the Tea Party movement that was, was kind of during Obama. Right. It was during, and that Obama. was kind of a disaster. It was a disaster because here was the problem. The Tea Party movement collided, not with the Democrats, it collided with the established Republicans, the McConnells, the, um, the, uh, the guy from Utah who got punched in the Romney. face. Right. Romney. Okay. So that's this time it's different. And this time it's a younger group that is, has taken the social media that are present and relevant in today's society. Well, you still have rhinos. I mean, you look at Dan Crenshaw. Well, well he's kind of a surprise. But. Yeah, that one surprised <laughs> me because that came out of left field. Because up until then, I thought he was sort of that leader along with um, – Oh, what um, uh, Taylor Green, Lauren Bobart, Marjorie Taylor Green, yeah. And then there's one more, um, but he surprised me. Matt Gates, Matt Gates, that's it, that's it. So, well, and here's the thing with the political part of this is, um, I I don't know that we will ever get away from a two party system. It's so entrenched in our politics and our culture, but that doesn't mean that that can't shift to be very uh, sovereignty focused, mm -hmm. right? Coming back to just, just freaking be honest, just right. like well, uphold the, the uphold people's rights. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> I think at one time, both parties had its merits. Now, you know, again, I think what happens is um, people, you know, put a letter R or D next to them and that defines who they are. Uh, giving a great example, my grandmother, who was a religious lady, she was a very staunch Democrat. And she the actually, Democratic Party was different right, back then. Because she, she actually said, I would never vote for a B-rated actor in Ronald Reagan. Um, now, with that being said, the, if you look at today's political parties, you got the Republicans, you got the Democrats. There is no moderates. Okay. And what I mean in terms of moderates is that both sides were willing to compromise. So that's the reason why in the 1980s, for example, Reagan was able to get a lot of things passed because of the compromise that he would make and vice versa with, with Tipper. Well, and here's what's interesting about today is, I mean, you're right back then, or even just 20 years ago, there was a lot more of reaching across right. that aisle because there was a much more, I, I think, human focus right. to it. Now there's an agenda focus. Now there's a everything's on social media. So much, so much more divisiveness. So right. much more hatred because yes, social media is a part of that. I think just culture in general changing between, uh, and you definitely can point the finger quite a bit at social media. Um, but what what you see now, even with Biden being unable to do certain things because of Democrats like Manchin standing in his way, right. And, and again, you know, that's ironic is that the minute Manchin and the lady from Arizona said no, the Republicans now embrace them. And it's like, oh, God bless Manchin. It's like, well, wait a minute. It's like, where's the Republicans? <laughs> it's like, hang on, wait a minute. Two days ago, you're saying Manchin's an idiot. Um, so the point the point here with all of this, guys, is is doesn't matter the political party. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether somebody identifies or calls themselves a Democrat or a Republican or 
conservative or progressive. It's the, the embodiment of knowing that you actually have the ability to say, no, I'm not going to comply. Right. No, I'm not going to do it. You know, you, you look at, um, you look at just even still the amount of schools that are forcing children to cover their faces still and the the mental repercussions of that that to be honest with you guys i don't know that there's ever going to be a fix to that at this point it's so deep in terms of the damage that has been done to children but that's an example of just don't do it right they they can do nothing to you just don't do it well and here's the next thing is is that uh, California is going so far as trying to get through um, AB bill, I forget eight something, where it's not only public and pri- and private K through twelve mandatory job. Yeah, the COVID injection, um, regardless of parental and, rights. And here's the thing too: is you look at okay, so let's compare that to like what the truckers are doing right now, and I just keep coming back to the fact that what they are doing reaches so much further than just wanting to dismantle their own government. Right. This is going to give confidence to people around the world. Mm-hmm. And what is it going to take for parents, let's say in California to stand up and finally say, no, no, not going to do it. Right. So, so here's the thing too, guys, is I feel like when you look at even the uh, mask issue in schools right now, I've said for a long time, if you've been following me for a while now through seven Instagram accounts, because clearly they don't like what I have to say, <laughs> clearly I must be sharing some semblance of truth over there if I keep getting deleted. But uh, my current Instagram, by the way, is at the Warrior Center. Um, I've been saying this for quite a long time, which is get your children out of government schools. Now, that's a little, just a little saying that I throw up there to kind of like keep that in the forefront of people's minds, but it goes so much deeper than that because. I am not sure parents even understand that even if 40%, 30%, even 20% of parents were to band together and refuse to comply, you would win. Yeah. Because, the whole thing would be done. Well, because remember, done. the public schools depend upon students in their classroom, in their seats to receive state and federal funding. You start pulling kids out. You force their hand, just like the truckers mm-hmm. are, are squeezing Trudeau. Right. Okay. It's the same thing, guys. So the whole concept of do not comply is we've got to sit, we've got to detach and understand that that fear that we kind of feel of like, oh my gosh, could I get arrested? Or, oh my gosh, could this happen? No, you guys, no, as you long, just don't comply. As long as you're- <laughs> if you're peaceful. And if you key. are standing your ground, on public no, property, nothing can happen. So if you're still in that situation right now, hopefully this is giving you some courage to stand up right. for your child, for your child's well-being, for their mental health, for their physical health. You know, I talked to um, somebody yesterday. She actually is the, uh, the CEO, the, the co-owner of the, the Sentner Academy in Miami. And it was a fascinating conversation with her just about the differences that she sees in her children. They reopened in September of 2020, just the same as the the school that our children go to. And the reason, by the way, that our children are still going to that school today 
is because I stood in my power from day one. And, and this was the summer leading into 2020, right? So everyone kind of shut down, so to speak, for two weeks in March. Our school was planning to reopen in August of 2020. And I was on the phone like a squeaky wheel every day. Uh, what's going on? What are the policies going to be? Nope, we're not doing that. You know, like just just being the active parent. Mm-hmm. Being engaged. Being engaged. And you know what? Our kids went back to school. My children have never worn a mask. They didn't socially distance. They actually put in uh, UV lighting, like this state-of-the-art UV lighting that kills viruses. Not that we're afraid of viruses, but whatever. Same thing with this other school in Miami. So some parallels there are that, guess what? The children in these schools are thriving. They're thriving mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. They're being normal kids. Right. And you know what else? They actually have less sickness yeah. in and, both schools. And in both cases, it, it's ironic, but it took some time, is that going back to school in 2020, there was predominantly most of the students were wearing masks. Now it's a direct opposite. Nobody's wearing the mask. At the school. Oh, in our school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're right. So in the, when, when we all went back, I was adamant and I said, I'm sorry, uh, my children just flat out will not be wearing a mask. And they said, okay. (laughs) I mean, really there was like, why are we waiting to be the parent? (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, why are we waiting for somebody to give us permission? No more waiting for permission guys. No more at all with anything. No more waiting for permission. So Yes, my three children were probably the three kids in the school that did not wear one ever. And it was it was hard in the in the beginning. Yeah. You know, we were having conversations with our kids almost daily about why mom and dad have chosen to stand up for this and what is the detrimental impact of wearing a mask mm-hmm. to them and just having that open conversation. Well, you're right. Little by little, as the school year goes by, you start to see less and less covering of the faces to the point where it was kind of like one day they were like, no more mask guys. No more. Take them off. Well, not only that, they just said, if you want to wear a mask, that's your option. We're not going to enforce it. Which should be exactly the way that it should be. And and now when I pick up the, the, the kids, I might, out of, let's say, 100 kids, I might see... Four kids wear a mask. I, I, I don't even see that sometimes. So, yeah, I, it's pretty rare. But anyways, yeah. so uh, truckers, back to that. Any yep. last thoughts about like, what do you think, uh, what, what do you think Trudeau's going to do? If I, you could predict, what do you think well, I think the Do you think the truckers are going to stand down or they're going to stand in, in there? They're like not going to give up at this if, point. If military is not called in, they'll stand their ground. If the military is called in, the last thing they want to do is have a grassroots um, movement be portrayed by by the outside media as their bloodshed. You know, the blood's on them now. I think um, Trudeau will make a lot of concessions. He won't step down because that would be his legacy. He would be like a Richard Nixon, you know, resigning amidst Watergate. Even though Richard Nixon's your favorite president. I love I'll forgive Nixon. you for that. Love Tricky Dick. <laughs> Tricky Dick. Um, Tricky the, Trudeau. Hey, I will say this. When when Nixon, side note, I cried at Nixon's funeral. Um, but I think what's going to happen is he's going to make a lot of concessions because what's going to happen is, is he's going to feel it economically, not only in Canada, 
but also from within the United States. Well, let's not forget that we squeezed them, not we, but Biden, right. our country under the Biden regime by turning off the Keystone Pipeline. Right. That oh, yeah. Hurt Trudeau. That Trudeau did not like that because for Biden, his belief is instead of having energy depend- independence, he wants energy dependence. That means oil from over- overseas, which only that's the reason why you have inflation. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what's interesting, there was that comment where he called the newscaster the SOB. Okay, let's get into that. Well, actually, first, before we get into that, let's just finish off on the truckers real quick, which okay. is we are with you a hundred million percent. If I could go to Canada right now, I would. I'm sure I could sneak across the border, you but could. you know, I could pay someone off, right? And and not have a jab. But <laughs> in fact, I actually think that's happening. Uh, there's no way that you could. There's there's literally no way, guys. Let's think common sense here that they can keep check of every single human being. <laughs> so anyways, we are with you. This is a profound movement for freedom of all human beings uh, who believe all different things. Right. This is a movement of sovereignty. Right. You are born free and you will stay free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's get into Biden because he called the <laughs> reporter an SOB, which-, <laughs> which is so hilarious to me because because I mean, yeah, just the hypocrisy again. Well, <laughs> well, you can blame some of this on Trump because Trump was not your ordinary politician. I mean, he was just he said anything, whatever he wanted. And uh, the yeah, but, but the, the thing, difference is Biden has dementia. But or the signs thing, of no, dementia. But see, here's the thing: <laughs> the the thing was is with with Trump, he stood his ground. Yeah. Now, with regards to inflation. Oh, yeah, you, you were talking about this earlier today, so, so I want you to so, chat about this. So, you know, if you look at presidential elections and those that are old enough to be alive, I still remember the 79 energy crisis. That dates me. We actually had to get rid of you our- You were like two. No, I wasn't. I was four going on five. Oh, all right, that does date you. You're yeah. definitely Jen. You're not a millennial, that's for sure. You you're... still can't even figure out how to work your phone half the time. Well, okay, anyways, go ahead. It's a leash. <laughs> <laughs> um but if you think about in terms of politics and elections, right now, if this was a presidential election year, Biden is toast. Oh, he is toast. gone. He's toast um, in the midterm. Because his party is. Because what happens is, is voters look at really three key areas. Number one, the economy. Number two, socially. What's going on socially? And then number three, they look at the the global aspect. Mm -hmm. And right now it's not pretty. Okay. Not at all. I mean, it's affecting everyone. In some aspects you're affected, whether it be politically, economically, or globally, you're being affected somehow under the current administration. So with regards to inflation, what people have to understand is this. Some people are fine with inflation. Um, but, Apparently Biden is. He said more inflation. But but understand this. It's people that have accumulated vast amounts of wealth. Which is you, you it, wonder how these politicians have accumulated this vast right. amount of wealth. Well, no, it's not only politicians, but people in general. Yes, yes. Okay. They're saying, okay, you know what? A hamburger costs $2 under Trump. Now it's $5. Big deal. I'm going to be willing to spend it. Now, that's great if you have that discretionary income. For people that don't have that discretionary income, though, they're pocketbooks will mirror the vote. So if their pocketbooks 
are very low with money, they're going to end up voting for the opposing party. And I think that's what you're going to see in 2022. Well, and I think this has been such a big lesson too for people who, you know, it's hard because uh, you look at the election in 2020 and, and if you take out COVID as a factor, you wonder what would have happened. But right. also you have to look at, there are very clear signs that there was voter fraud, that there were the mail-in ballots, right. that there was all this stuff, right? So there's, there's just, it's, it's such a kerfuckle mess. <laughs> right. That it, wasn't even a word, but, but it is, a um, mess. but it was such a mess. Right. And so then you look at, you look at now and let's just say, let's just say there were, let's just, let's just, you know, 81 million people. Let's say they actually did vote for Biden. Where are you now? Where, what well, it's a lesson of, okay, yeah, maybe just maybe these progressive policies are not actually in the interest of people. Well, if, if, if you think about it, go back to the 76 election with Gerald Ford, who, for a historical note, was never elected president. Did you know that? I did. He did was, you guys know that? President Ford was never elected president. He actually came to power after the, the resignation of uh, Nixon. Now, in 76, you know, the economy was all right, but he made a huge political bl blunder on the international scale. So in walks the peanut farmer, Jimmy Carter, who even to this day probably has two peanuts in his brain. But he brought a sense of normalcy. And you're, you know, believe it or not, your mom. My mom voted for him. She still regrets that today. So, your mom. <laughs> That's when she was a feminist. No, she wasn't. Well, she kind of was. No, she was Well, wasn't. okay, anyways. Okay, so your mom <laughs> voted for him because he was a good Christian man. That's it's what she said. Smoke to me. and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Well, Biden portrayed that same Jimmy Carter. Like, I'm going to bring yeah. peace. There's no mandate. I would never take yeah. a jab. Yeah. And now he's just an angry old man. And he's direct, you know, here's the reason why he's angry. He's angry because no one's complying. Well, I think there's also something going on in his head. Well, it could be. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of outtakes you can take on him when he speaks. But I think about it is. He's not getting the results that he wants. And part of it is people are finally saying no. Yeah. Well, also, let's not forget that Obama's behind a lot of this, too. I, I'm not going to go down <laughs> that rabbit hole. I mean, some people are conspiracy theorists. No, no, no. I don't mean that from a conspiracy theorist standpoint. I mean that from an establishment standpoint. What? I'm talking about the establishment. It is not that far-fetched to understand that they all work together in some well, respect. Well, the, the, them, there's interest there. There's interest, yes. Obama, Clinton, the list can go on and on and on. But I'm never one for conspiracy theory. Yes, the, the, we did land on the moon. Yes, the world <laughs> is round. This is, this is, by the way, where I promise you we don't have a perfect marriage by any means because we go at it with this stuff. Okay. So, <laughs> and I go, really prove to me the earth is round. And I go, really prove to me we went to the moon. <laughs> Anyways, okay. okay. So let's go back really quick, though, to, to Biden with this, like, you're an SOB. Right. And, and hey, more inflation, the better. Um, well, here's the thing. It, it, more, the more and more people have less money in their pockets, and this even goes out to the millennials today. Yeah. Because for them, everything is on credit, 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 credit. Well, Unbeknownst to them, every time they spend, okay, yeah, I spent something for $30. That means I pay $30 back. No, 
your credit card can adjust its inflation tax that the interest on the amount of money that you borrow. So now that $30 that you spent on your two shot latte is now $35. He loves now, to, he loves to make fun of like coffee orders though, by the way, which is like men, if you're out there, you <laughs> drink, coffee. you drink black coffee. That's not, it. not a venti half calf, no foam whip, half, whatever. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Soy. But Hey, on a side note, <laughs> Believe it or not, I used to be, for a couple of years, one of my good friends who is a retired uh, law enforcement officer, they drink coffee like it's water. And I understand because it's a high-risk job and all that. He he and I would go to his place the next night. I got hooked on coffee like that, where I drink seven cups a day. And my back started hurting. And I went to a natural. And guess what? Uh, Dr. Charlie, if you're listening to Dr. This, Charlie. Dr. Charlie said... Hey, I think you should just try getting off coffee. As simple as that, guys, his back pain went away. I haven't drank coffee and yet. And <laughs> he, he takes that sulfurzyme like crazy every day. So, anyways. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and here we are. Yeah. Here we are. We've got uh, so much happening right now. So many good things. Well, I think there's a lot of good things is because what's now being transpired is you can actually look back now and say, oh, now I understand what the previous administration was doing. And that was, is they were putting in place, so to speak, a protection for American rights. Yeah, actually, you know, and we can be so short-sighted as a society. Like, I think a lot of that, that, that has been from some subtle brainwashing, so to speak, with social media cycles, with just, uh, you know, the internet cycles that we live in right right now. Things are so fast paced, so quick, quick gratification. Um, But we forget how important some of these things are that last for a legacy, right? Right. And so even right now, thinking about what we're choosing right now for our children, what we're doing right now for our children really is a legacy. Like that's not just a cheesy tagline right it is true in every every aspect mm-hmm. of what we do is going to have an impact for generations to come right oh yeah uh, and, and i think that's the most important thing but here's here's the thing don't let the impact that is going to be placed upon your kid be dictated by the government you the parent should be the impact okay you put them in positions to be successful you're the one that's going to mold and shape their 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 mind, bodies, and souls. Don't leave it up to a government entity. And don't be afraid to stand up to that government entity in a peaceful way. And, and, and the, again, just the whole do not comply is literally that. It, it is a simple, you guys, it's as simple as saying no. Right. It's literally as simple. No is a complete sentence. And it's, and, and it's it not maybe easy. It's not easy. Uh, yeah. I mean, granted, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, you know, I'm not as much of a risk taker as you, Jody. <laughs> not even but, close. <laughs> but, you know, I went into a place yesterday and on the front it said. You did? You didn't tell me about this. Yeah. So it said. Did you, have, you not comply, honey? I did not comply. I just sat there and I just opened up my book and I started reading. My what book. place was that? The dentist's office. Oh, Yeah. Uh, so they decided to put signs back up. Mm-hmm. Now they know me well, which is probably why they didn't say anything to you. Mm-hmm. Remember, you can leave a legacy even beyond. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> a 
lots of people in this city know me well. Um, so they didn't mess with you for that reason, I'm sure. But, but yeah, you guys no is a complete sentence. And is it easy? No, it's not. Like I even think going back to this, the, the movement that these truckers are doing, which is, you know what? It might very well cause disruptions. Like it actually, like not even like you're already seeing disruptions right now in the U.S. I go to uh, the grocery store and I see bare aisles that I've never seen before. Right. So we already are experiencing that. But if you look at even this movement, could it cause some real strain for some people? Absolutely. Right. But then I look at that and I go, you know what? We are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. We are so much stronger. Well, well I and you have with pain, mm -hmm. with pain comes and growth. sacrifice comes growth and and freedom. Right. Well, you look at the you know going back to Biden, and I look at twenty twenty two midterm, and everybody's like, yeah, you know, what happens if the Republicans take the House, the House and the Senate? And flips. Yeah. Okay. Very possible. They, we need to impeach Biden. There, for me, I'm like, you know what? No, I would say no. Don't. Don't. What is your What is your alternative option, Harris? Well, not only, <laughs> not only that, Pelosi. No, because Pelosi would not be. Because in the chain of command, the the three most powerful people are this: the president, United uh, Vice President, and the House Speaker of the House. Yes. Yes. If the Republicans take control of the House, that means they nominate somebody. Yes. Boom! They already have somebody in. If you take out Biden and impeach him, then you put Harrison. That is in a itself, disaster. That in itself would be a political disaster because on many aspects, gender, race, right there. What do you mean by that? Gender should be the first president of the United States. That's a uh, female. Mm -hmm. Number two, race. She'd be African-American. So with that... Opponents would say that the Republicans are doing this because out of because of race. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. And gender. I see what you're saying. I was like, why is that? Yeah, it's it's it, not that that's the disaster. Right. It's the motive. It's the motive. It's the motive, now, and how that can be twisted. Now, now, here's the thing: in the case of Biden, a president is impeached when it's high crimes and misdemeanors. So, give you can I go back in revisionist history? Sure. Let's talk about history. So anybody know the first president to have articles of impeachment brought up against him? It was a Democrat. Quiz time with Aaron. Just tell us. Uh, Andrew Johnson. <laughs> Andrew Johnson was brought up because he violated what was known as the Tenure of Office Act in 1867. I won't go into details. Second president to be impeached would be... Nixon. Nixon. Now, in the case of both... In the case of Nixon... His actually didn't go to the actual full vote. He actually resigned before the Senate voted. The third president. Come on. This is you and I high school time. Bill Clinton. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Slick, slick Willie. Yes. With his slick Willie. <laughs> uh, so he got impeached. And then Trump. Okay. Now. When well, you... articles were brought forth. On Trump? He went through the full trial. He was acquitted. That's what I mean, though. He wasn't right. actually impeached. That's right. what I mean. Now You made it, it sound like he was actually impeached. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, if you impeach Biden, here's my question. On what grounds are you impeaching him? The economy? 
The economy has nothing to do with high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, again, you could go down this rabbit hole. We're not going to do that today, but there's a lot of things that I right. I know have been done that you could potentially say oh, is, is... Potentially. Yes. And even, even just the fact of having the attack on the American people in terms of these unlawful mandates, um, crimes against humanity, to be honest with you, like... That's such a, it's a gray area. It's such a gray area, but there is compelling evidence. If you actually, if people actually really want to look at the evidence, like we're not like not talking, turning a blind eye here because of cognitive dissonance, but, or, or being afraid to speak out because someone's going to, you know, yell at you or cancel culture. Um, There's actual crimes against humanity in terms of what have been done to the world's people on a, on a broad scale, right. and even in this country. Now I agree with you, just the alternative, what good would the alternative be to impeach versus taking control of the house and the Senate and turning the ship around um, as much as possible until 2024. Well, well the, the, if you impeach, understand this, you have now set, a full precedent, right? And and that is any president in the future could be impeached. And for, that that's what the precedent. That's what the precedent they were trying to set with Trump, right? Which they didn't succeed. So right, yeah. And and number two is this: if you choose not to impeach, and that means he hasn't committed any high crimes. I mean, your opinions are your opinions. You need strong factual evidence, and that is he becomes a lame duck president for two years. Sure, nothing wrong with that. Now. Here's where the Republicans went wrong and under Obama's administration. When they took control with the tea bags and all that. The tea bags? The, or the tea party. Oh my gosh, that was a total Freudian slip. Oh. What in the world? Okay, earmuffs, <laughs> earmuffs. <laughs> Don't mind Aaron. <laughs> Sorry. Children, earmuffs. Okay, tea party. Tea party. <laughs> they weren't able to have a strong candidate in that upcoming presidential election. I think it was Romney. Or oh no, yeah, it was McCain. No, well, who, at one point there was McCain, but then there, there was Romney. So Romney went first in McCain. I think it was under McCain. I don't know. Anyway, anyways, so here's the thing: the Republicans, if they do assume power, Mm -hmm. uh, both the House and the Senate, they need to maintain that power by um, being engaged, also finding a candidate. I don't think Trump should run, in my opinion, in 2024. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't talk about that today. But um, okay. So, anything else before we wrap it up? Anything, any encouragement for these uh, amazing truckers and Canadians? Because, like, let me tell you, Aaron has a heart for Canada. Like, he is wearing, I'm wearing Rough my, Riders gear every rough, day. Listen, I my <laughs> Can anybody please hook him up to go to a CFL game? Please. Reach out to me. There, there's certain things in life I want to, to accomplish. But he's going to have to sneak across the border okay. until the truckers cause the regime to fall. Okay. Then you can go. For all my Canadian friends out there, listen, there are certain things in life I want to see. I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to the Valley of the Kings. I want to go to- You want to go to Israel too. Israel. That's number three. Um, I just want to go see a football game between Saskatchewan and Winnipeg in Saskatchewan so I can wear all my green. Please help me out. And have a beer. And a beer. And have a, have a beer with some uh, Canadians. Yes. 
Lafette. All right, so somebody help Aaron out and get him to a CFL game. And have a Lafette blue. A what? A Lafayette blue. Oh. Or... <laughs> Anyways. A. Um, so. All right, guys. Thank you for listening today. Um, just a few reminders. Uh, so if you love to dig in a little bit deeper, especially to health education, um, personal teaching from me, um, how to just really take control of your health, uh, and, and, and like I said, deep, deep education, uh, then go check out the Warrior Center. It's at thewarriorcenter.com. Aaron also teaches a, a boatload of history lessons in there, even though he couldn't get McCain and Romney right today. But um, he, he teaches lots of history lessons in there that you can use for um, either homeschooling lessons. You can also use it to help supplement um, any other types of education that you're doing. And it's just an amazing community in there of like-minded people. So go check it out. It's at thewarriorcenter.com. Um, reach out to me for anything you need and stay tuned because my next episode, which crossing my fingers next week, pretty sure it's going to be next week, is I'm going to unpack in detail through a series of, of Freedom Casts uh, how we kind of got here as a family how we experienced vaccine injury with our son, what we did. Uh, he was later uh, labeled with an autism diagnosis. We reversed that diagnosis. So stay tuned for that because I've been meaning to do it for quite a while. And I'm going to break it out for you guys to be very easy to listen to and understand. Um, and I'm really excited to share our story publicly. So, and uncensored, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and go Canada. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book, Autism Reimagined on Amazon, available both Audible, ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to therighttorule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power, not the government. See you next time.